Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Busby Babe podcast. I'm Colin Dams, and I'm joined by a panel of three others today. Um, the first of them, Matthew Barnes. How's it going? What's up? How's it going? Um, we've also drinking? got... <laughs> oh, yeah, Matt, what are you drinking on this happy hour recording? Shock Top. Shock Top. Yeah. Does it get any shock, more specific? Shock, shock, shock Top does not does not uh, in, endorse this podcast, but they it's could. Belgian White. That's, a, that's about all I got. Yeah, that's good. That's and uh, Polly Questel, <laughs> uh, who is in the actual happy hour time zone. Uh, I mean, no. I am too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone's yeah. in Eastern except me now. Yeah. <laughs> no no free advertising, but it is, it's uh, basically a vodka soda with some uh, pink lemonade flavor in it. And I am sitting here and bleeding for the shirt or bleeding for the badge. And last but not least, uh, Nathan Heinschel with his fashionable bandana. Well, you know, let me be the first to let you know that you should uh, wear a mask during the pandemic. Um, and I'm because I have no fear of this pandemic. I am drinking a Corona light, which you can't see because my green screen perfectly pulls it out when I lift it up. <laughs> and also because listeners are experiencing this through audio only. So this is, this is good radio. <laughs> yeah. How did you not talk about that shirt, dude? That shirt is dope. You like you like Love my that Paris shirt, dude. My my macaws. Yeah, macaws. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, I should have worn my cockatoo shirt. What am I doing? Well, you can't see me anyways. Never mind. Yeah, Guys, we, nobody can see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listeners, I have a really dope macaw shirt that I'm wearing that I got at Target for ten dollars. No free ads. <laughs> All right. So, All right. Uh, back to business. Manchester United are now three nil FC. <laughs> Um, they just beat Man- uh, Aston Villa yesterday, 3-0. Um, I almost said Manchester United. <laughs> We're not beating ourselves anymore, though. We're beating other teams. We beat Aston Villa yesterday, 3-0. Uh, Paul Pogba finally getting his first goal of the season. And Mason Greenwood uh, continuing to shine. And Bruno Fernandez uh, also keeps up his streak by scoring a penalty. Um, this makes it f- four wins in a row in all competitions. Um Three wins in a row in the Premier League. Things no, are that's wrong. Are we, that's, are we that's 17 wrong? unbeaten? Is that right? 16 yeah. or 17 unbeaten. But I think positions. it's four in a row in the Premier League. It's four in a row in the Premier League. And was like, it? Sheffield, Sheffield, Brighton. Oh, yeah, Bournemouthville. Yeah, so four in a row in the Premier League. Um, I don't know if, and I don't know if Norwich counts because that was extra time. Sure. <laughs> The way that they track those stats and stuff, like, you know, sometimes after extra time counts, sometimes it goes into the books as a draw. So you never know. Right. But the point remains, unbeaten streak still alive. And mm-hmm. what are we taking away from this going into an arguably much tougher game against Southampton next Monday? And I'll, I guess we can start with you, Nathan. Um. So since we're the first team in Premier League history to win four straight by three plus goals, I expect to see a guard of honor uh, on Monday's game because <laughs> um, I don't see the current reigning champions doing that kind of shit. Um, so let me let me get on my soapbox real quick because you want to you want to know how terrible Liverpool is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he said the L word. <laughs> yes, is that a Scott Pilgrim we we like reference? <laughs> Um, but no, I, I was very encouraged watching the 
Villa game yesterday after we got our head out of our ass because it certainly looked like for a minute there Villa wanted to try and take it to us and you know we we had possession but we weren't really doing it doing anything with it um you know producing the show yesterday where we did the live watch along you know there was periods of time where yourself and Matt you're just sitting there going like all right you know it's like that meme with the guy with the stick like come on Manchester United do something <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and the spark that we needed was a um questionable <laughs> penalty call but I I won't shed any tears over it because like three minutes later there was an actual real penalty that wasn't called for Manchester United so it made up for it um but I I just think once again we're we're in a position now we've got all of our best players where we need them and we're starting to impose our will and it's it's incredible what you can do with the these talented forwards that we have when they get good service and then I mean, Mason Greenwood, can we just, should we just have like a five minute just chat about how great Mason Greenwood is? Like, yeah, I was going to actually bring up Polly uh, said in the Slack that uh, I don't know what definitely prompted this, but Mason Greenwood, that you now think he might be better than Marcus Rashford. Yeah, I was talking with somebody the other day, um, I guess the owner of, uh, of the bar that I'm able to go to now because they're open for outdoor seating and they are very focused on getting themselves some outdoor TVs. And he's, you know, he's a, he's an Irish guy, long time United fan. And he mentioned Greenwood and said something about Rashford and about being as good as Rashford, if not better or, or whatever. And I guess this was something I meant to look into today, but I think Mason Greenwood will definitely go on to be better than Marcus Rashford if he's not already there. And he's probably not already there, but I meant to look into this today. I guess when did Marcus Rashford get to 16 goals? Like he had five uh, in his first year or was it five in the Premier League or five total? No, it had to be five in the Premier League. So I guess I think he, I think he had eight total his first season because yeah. he scored like two or three in the FA Cup as well. Right. Um, and well, he scored two in the Europa League. We know that. Um, so I guess and then his first year under Mourinho, he didn't have that many. But I think like eight to ten is probably a good guess. So it probably took him a year and a half ish to get to 16 goals. And Mason Greenwood is there and. But Rashford was playing, but once he came in, it was 90 minutes, 90 minutes, 90 minutes. So, like, Mason Greenwood has played, like, the equivalent of six games in the Premier League at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it was, like, six games before the lockdown. So now that he's played 90 minutes a few times, it's probably about nine games total. And he's already at, you know, in terms of – he's probably – I, I, I should have looked up, up the minutes for that. I forgot to do it today, but – the amount of time that it's taken him sheer on the field minutes to get to 16 goals already. And now he's just in great form. And just the fact that he can do it, like we spoke about this a bit at halftime yesterday, the fact that he can get his shot off so quickly with so much power from either leg makes him so hard to defend. Whereas Rashford is really this guy that comes off the left and, and uses that right foot. Or, you know, you play him through and, you know, he gets a breakaway. Greenwood can just create shots from nowhere. And he's such a so lethal and puts them all on target. Rashford still had like squanders opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And Greenwood, it's hard to see him him doing that. Yeah, we kind of saw, I mean, Marcus Rashford 
really since the restart has been a very effective player for us. Uh, he's gotten a few assists and he's created plenty of opportunities. And we saw him create a couple of opportunities in this game that probably should have been converted. At least one of them, the Wambasaka header that went wide. But Matt, what do you think? Or do you think that Marcus Rashford is maybe drifting out a bit more wide now and accepting more of a creative role, whereas Mason Greenwood, as we've seen from the restart, is maybe drifting more central and is able to get into more scoring positions? Uh, yeah, and Colin, we've had this debate for years as Rash is coming up, and I want to first say, like, I don't want to say too early that Greenwood's going to be better than Rashford, because he's still got to go through an awkward period. Like, this, one thing, I think this guy could still, like, grow, and if you look at Rashford from the skinny kid that he was into the ripped guy he is now... Like, their bodies are still adjusting. And so that's mm-hmm. the one thing, like, I want Mason Greenwood to become that good and even better. I just don't want to say that yet. Because, to answer your question, I think that Mason Greenwood also does play a different position. To so, say one's, like, better than the other, like, I, I don't know. I don't disagree with anybody. I just We just don't know yet. Um, I do think that Mason Greenwood's just, like, a natural, like, center forward. Mm-hmm. like even like a, a false nine kind of guy because he's he's not necessarily gonna like box people out he's just gonna beat you <laughs> he's just gonna pull a couple couple of moves and hit you on the left hit you on the right it doesn't really matter uh but but like i said earlier like we we've talked for years is is rash a striker and then and then he'll play a striker game and Colin's like, I told you so. And then, you know, he'll get put back on the left and I'll be like, I told you so Colin. Like, so it's, it's really, it's really difficult. But what's great is that we don't have to make that call is that these guys can interchangeably go at any point in time. And it, it, it's great because I mean, literally I think that Greenwood could play anywhere besides maybe like the number 10. Like I think he could, if he tried, that's just not where his skill set is. But I think that, uh, I think that eventually, and this is why I'm really, really preaching that we still get Sancho, because I still think that, like, Mason Greenwood can come off the right. He can. But what I would really like, because I don't want him to play a full 60 games a season if he really has to, because we don't want to tire this kid out. We need Jaden Sancho on the right. We could put Mason Greenwood at a false nine or switch him out if Martial's got a bad game. We could switch him out if Rashford's got a bad game. Like, people are talking about, we, like, we talked about this, like, injuries. Like, we don't know what injuries we're going to get. But also, like, sometimes people just, like, drop out of form. Like, right now, you know, it seems like Rash is... It's it's weird because Rashford will have these ex- really really explosive like moments. Like he started the season like really well, and then after quarantine, it's kind of like died down. And after quarantine, it's kind of like well, does Rash like? I do agree that like sometimes like Rash just needs to be a little bit more clinical. Um, but I think, I think sometimes he I tries mean, it too hard on his own. But sorry, go ahead. I I I, I, would, I agree with I agree with Matt with what he's saying with that they're different players and it's. When you look at Rashford, when he came up, he kind of he came up playing as the center forward because Martial, Rooney, and well, and he Will loves Keane. Rooney. <laughs> yeah. And but like it was he he only got the call because Rooney, Martial, and Will Keane were hurt, so he was playing as as the center forward. Mm-hmm. And then Martial came back, and they didn't want to move him from from the striker, so we all thought he was going to become the striker. Whereas Greenwood's playing out on the right. And I think Greenwood will develop into just this out-and-out center forward goal scorer mm-hmm. who could play in the false nine, too, is like we 
uh, Colin and I spoke about it at halftime yesterday. He had that shot in the first half that got saved where you're like, that's weird that Mason Greenwood gets a shot that got saved. And that was, he set that shot up by play, by moving into the number 10 position, Mm -hmm. dropping into the hole to receive the ball and then running at defenders and getting that shot off. So I think he will ultimately become this just out and out goal scoring freak. Whereas Rashford went from someone who we were like, you're going to be the center forward. We're going to move Martial out wide. We're going to put Rooney behind you Mm -hmm. to then Mourinho comes in and he goes, no, 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 all of you are going out wide. And (laughs) Rashford, more developed into an, an attacker where he's got goals to his game. He's got the assist to his game. Since dude, those two Liverpool down, goals from a couple years ago, I still go back and rewatch those, yeah. dude. I still go back and rewatch those where he made Alexander Arnold look, look just foolish. Like, Oh man, I can watch it on repeat. Uh, oh, and, and, yeah. And oh. now Solskjaer is using him in this more facilitator role, which is why, you know, the goals aren't there and the shots aren't there. But the assists aren't there and the creativity is there. And I think that's what Rash, you know, Rashford is going to be this all around attacker, whereas I think Greenwood will end up being this out and out lethal goal scorer. He's going to be like Van Persie. Like, I don't think that everybody is making I, I see the similarities. I don't think that his game is exactly like Van Persie. But I think the reason why they say he's like Van Persie is because literally you put Mason Greenwood anywhere on the field and that kid is going to score goals. And that's kind of what I think he is like. Like, that's, this is why we get Jaden Sancho. If someone falls out of form, we could put Mason Greenwood into any of those spots, and that kid's going to smash goals at the back of the net. Like, period. Like, I, I really don't think it matters where he is on the field. He makes this look easy, dude. Like, the way yeah. he smashed that goal, dude. I think, I think the comparison easy. just comes from the way he smashes the ball. Yeah. It just yeah, looks yeah, so I, smooth. Yeah, I agree. It's also the way that he sets up his own shot. I mean, we saw it yesterday, the way that he just made space on the edge of the area. And when he cut back onto his right foot, he saw, you know, oh, just a lane to goal open up in front of him. So he took that extra step to set up the shot and just bashed it in. And mm-hmm. Pepe Reina immediately started yelling at all of his defenders for, you know, allowing that to open up. But he let an 18 year old score on me. Come on. <laughs> like, crazy thing. I was, when I rewatched this game today, it took me like 60 minutes to be like, wait, this is like. Pepe Reina's playing for like the Pepe Reina. Yeah, yeah Colin and I were talking about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were during the live stream. We were like looking at the lineups. With, Nathan was producing the uh, stats page for us, and I was like, "Oh, that's uh, Pepe Reina. He's to like, play for a little." He's still alive and, and yeah. <laughs> You mean he didn't pack him in He doesn't FIFA? even really play for them. He's on loan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely packed Pepe Reina's uh, card on FIFA Ultimate Team a couple times when he was at uh, Bayern Munich and then Milan. Yeah. But so. Um, to, to continue on with the Mason Greenwood point, just for a second, too, a um, couple stats I'll rip off from uh, the artist formerly known as Full-Time Devils. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Hey, man. Well, actually, can you me what happened with them? Uh, I, I, they're, they're Stratford Paddock. They just... Um, they've rebranded. They, yeah, basically, the they didn't like the... They weren't in control of Full-Time Devils, so they started their own thing. Or they got oh, the opportunity really? to start their own thing. Yeah. I didn't yep. know that. Yeah, wow. It's, it's under their control. So shout out to them because, I mean, they're prolific content creators. and yeah. Kind of like how we rebranded as the Busby Bays. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we're slowly getting out from underneath Brent's thumb and we're going to just uh, take this thing <laughs> over. Uh, so one of the stats that Stephen Halson was throwing out that's just insane to me. Uh, when Mason Greenwood shoots with his left, one out of every three shots is going in. He's converting 33% of the time with his left foot, which is nuts. And then 
with his right foot, which is his quote unquote weaker foot, he is yeah. converting one out of every five shots for 20%. Um, and I believe the stat that they also threw out was Zlatan Ibrahimovic for Manchester United was converting at like 13%. And he was our best uh, finisher at that point. So it's just <laughs> yeah. one of those things like, yes, water's going to find its level. But if this is what the ceiling looks like for Mason Greenwood, I mean, it's just a matter of years until Rooney's uh, passing out over the record for all-time goal scorer for the team. I mean, I really just don't I mean, want to overplay it. I think it's so. That. <laughs> that, that's my that's my ribbing of Colin. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll qualify it. I was on the po- this podcast uh, probably exactly one year ago, and we sat there and slobbed on Wayne Rooney for over an hour and a half. Like, I love Wayne Rooney. He's the whole reason why I watch soccer. But it, you know, there is an opportunity for Mason Greenwood if he. Gets minutes, he gets goals, and he stays at United the whole time. The sky's the limit. And for, I also I wanna, think that it's really important. Or if really he doesn't like that... sacrifice himself for the team and like play out wide for years and years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to throw this out there because I mean, Mason Greenwood playing out wide has been a way of him sort of adapting to this role because we've seen at times that he wasn't super comfortable with that, but he's he's grown into it, and now we're seeing him more confident on the ball, and he's cutting inside, and he's being involved in the link-up play as well. But it's, it's not the, just the tactical shape. Yeah, but it, it's not just, you know, that position. It's now we're playing in a way that. I mean, it doesn't just one through run through one guy, you know, if if things aren't really Thank working God. on one side of the pitch, we have more <laughs> options. And Mason Greenwood, you know, has stepped up these last couple games as well as Bruno Fernandez. Paul Pogba finally gets a goal. You know, a couple games ago was Anthony Martial got a hat trick. So it's. I, I mean, I'm not saying that Mason Green was just going to like go on, you know, a dry spell for a little while and Rashford takes over or whatever. But I think that the way that we're playing now definitely leaves us with opportunities, you know, across the pitch. Whereas, you know, at the beginning of the season, we maybe had one route to goal through Marcus Rashford due to injuries or lack of depth or whatever. Yeah, it, it certainly has the vibes of, you know, maybe a early 2010s Miami Heat, like, one guy's going to get You're going to trigger Colin, bro. You're going to trigger him, and I love it. I can see Colin. He put down his beer. He was like, oh, what's this? These are, these all, these we, watch out, we watch out for yeah. sport comparisons, please. I, <laughs> even, if, even if Colin and I haven't had the pleasure of hanging out in the flesh yet, I, I've gotten to know where to push the buttons. Yeah. Um, but, right, but easy on the cro- on the American sports here. Yeah, but what, all right. You know? <laughs> so, but the thing is, is, is like right now when you look at it, like, just like you said, Martial gets a hat trick one day. You know, Greenwood's getting a brace. Greenwood's just scoring these ridiculous goals. Bruno's adding goals. Pogba's adding goals. Rashford's adding goals, especially when once Rashford actually finds his, you know, in in the moment, actually like playing, not from a dead ball situation form, scoring goals. It's, you know, it, the idea that we could have just, it's one guy's night that night, and it's just clear the lane for him. You know, LeBron wants to go for 30. Uh, Dwayne Wade's going to go ahead and get 25 tonight. You know, Chris Bosh is going to put up uh, 20 and 10. Yeah. It, it's that's what makes good teams. Who's is, Mario Chalmers? Um, Andreas Pereira. <laughs> <laughs> oh rip! Oh rip! Um, but right, I mean, that's, I had to. <laughs> like we were saying during the live stream, this is this is the place that United has had to get to because the it's been such a poor job of team building for so long. It's like, all right, cool. We are now seeing exactly like what this first team starting 11 first choice starting 11 looks like now all of a sudden finally (laughs) what's it going to start looking like 
you know, by God, when we start supplementing it with depth, like real quality starter level depth, you know, that's when we start matching. To take your analogy even further, uh, to, to stay with the basketball here, it's not just, oh, like, Pog was feeling it, so like let's clear the lane for him. It's more of we have we've got options where it's we'll look at what you're giving us and we'll take that. So you like you know when you're playing basketball and you you got you, you're dribbling at the top of the key and and your defender comes right on top of you. Well, okay, I'm gonna go by you and go to the basket. Or if they back off of you, you go all right. I'm just gonna pull up and shoot. You know you take you, you don't have to be like you know when I play basketball it's. I have to use my left hand and I have to go to the basket because I can't do anything else. Um, and that, you know, used to be us. It used to be like, we got to figure out how to get Rashford in behind the defenders and run at them because otherwise we don't have any other option. And now it's, Oh, you want to back off? All right, well, we'll let Pogba and, and Bruno roll in the midfield and, and pull the strings. You want to, you want to press Pogba? He'll make the simple pass to Bruno and let him do, do, do the thing. You want to get up on Bruno because he's hot. Like, cool. We got Paul Pogba right next to him. Don't forget about Anthony Martial. Like whatever you're giving you, you want to come and press us and, and try to have the ball. We'll hit you on the counter. Like yep. now that's it's exactly what Villa tried to do or the moments that Villa made us uncomfortable in yesterday when they actually had some moments of possession early. I mean, we didn't necessarily look very lethal early on, on the counterattacks, but we finally did get that goal at the end of the second it half. Felt like Norwich, dude, like the first half felt like the Norwich game where it was like, we let them have the ball. Like, well, we had the ball, but we didn't like do anything with it. And then they gave it away. And then we let like, like Villa kind of set up. And then like, same thing with Norwich. I think we just like let them set up a little too much. And I still think that like the quarantine thing is still like, you know, putting people behind and like still getting used to everything again. But I mean, it, like, like I told Colin, like if we if we we feel like that team again, where if you if you score one, you poke the bear, and then we score we score five on you, like we did against four, right? Red, right? I mean, like, like, like it, we're right. finally back to that feeling, and it's been so long since we had that feeling again. It feels so damn good. Like I'd like oh, us to man. consistently manage to come back from one nil down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like when I <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yesterday, yesterday when I was watching the game, I thought like, yeah, all right, like. My original thought and, and was backed up when I rewatched the game was when Villa had all the control, like in the first 20, the first quarter, basically until the water break. Um, it was I, I said, we're not playing bad. We're just not playing well. And I remember Villa, the game kind of being in our end and Villa kind of having everything. And then when I rewatched the game and it was like, yeah, no, we're not playing bad. We're, we're controlling this game. It's the final ball it just isn't you know, is we're, is getting stopped or is just being misplaced. Like everything else has been fine. But again, every, I, I, I kept noticing like we're in Villa's got us in our own half. And then I was like, but like we have 71% possession, like what's going on here. And then the problem was, yeah, we were hitting them on the counter, but like we were countering with the pace that you would see in a July preseason friendly. And like, I know it's July, but it's still, it's still the Premier League season, like, and considering how everyone was dressed yesterday, I mean, Ollie was practically wearing a winter parka. I don't think it's that hot that, like, you got to play at 60% pace. Like, like go out there and play. I'm, granted, I am totally okay with them playing at, at 80% of their pay, of their energy if they're going to win 3-0 and preserve themselves for 
the the rest of the run-in and the Europa League and, you know, from the Europa League, from what it sounds like, if we go to the final, we'll have maybe three weeks before next season begins. So it is a it is a big-time marathon, and we're in, like, mile two. So if you could preserve your pace, that's fine. But, like, but yeah, that was, that was probably why we were struggling early on in the first half is when we were just trying to hit them on the counter. And it was like, well, we're just kind of, like, running. We're not sprinting. I, I think what happened is in the dressing room in the lead-up to the game, <clears throat> they watched that Tottenham game, and they all just suffered from PTSD <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> because... <laughs> Woof. <laughs> As Nathan changes the Jose Mourinho graphic behind oh, him. Oh, you beat me to it, dude. I was going to be like, he just subtly is just changing Jose's yeah. face. Well, that, that's my green screen every time we do these uh, these podcasts uh, over video chat. I always have a different, like, Mourinho. I've got lots of faces of Mourinho. I sink. I change my green screen. <laughs> Good. Respect. <laughs> Respect. Respect. God, I wish so, I had my camera on. I would just walk out. Three. <laughs> The amount of wins I have at White Hart Lane. Three. I am so <laughs> glad he is back, but not our coach, man, because he brings me so much joy when he's not our coach. He's the greatest wrestling heel. I really hope he signs with the WWE because his management career is fucking finished at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, I could see him revitalizing his career if he went to like Italy. I just think that that's like the choice for him now. Oh, I don't think so at all. Really? So at all, Italy, like the the Italian press and Jose just don't get along at all. Yeah. I mean, I, let's I, be real though. The press and Jose don't get along at all, anyways. <laughs> like, I, I think like, it was, no, like, like, even like, when he, even he, we were four nil FC, radio was just like. He chose him when he first arrives, and like now it's and like, but him in Italy just don't get. He needs no. He needs to go like. He needs to go international or just go somewhere really small. Like international uh, might be interesting because he could grind out results, and that's what a lot of international like teams need through their qualifying tournaments. Don't say that. My my friend is like really pounding the pavement, hoping that Jose Mourinho becomes a USMNT coach. Hell no, no, I will not have that. No, I was like, no. I was like, dude, you are. My friend has had been pounding that drum since like 2015, and and like probably even 2014, like. Cause he hated Quinsman. And so a couple weeks ago, like, you know, cause on the time hops and everything, all of our world cup takes were coming up. And I was like, are you like, do you regret how things have played out since then? Like, do you not understand what I was saying about Quinsman and how, you know, the, he was better than what the alternative was, but the kicker is, so, I mean, he hates Burhalter because obviously you should. Um, but the kicker is he is a Spurs fan. So I am like, well, are you still in that Mourinho for us? And if you are playing Busby Babe bingo right now, we have made a USMNT (laughs) reference. We've made a movie reference. We have made an American sports reference. So Jose Mourinho came up. Yeah, I mean, he who shall be named. That's bingo, son. Like you got bingo. Bingo, son. (laughs) But I'll fill it out now. Mason Greenwood is as lethal as a black widow. There it is. Oh, we got an Arachnid? Oh, yeah. Well, Marvel. <laughs> got an Avengers reference in. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Mason Greenwood becoming uh, the, the world's greatest striker is uh, inevitable. Like Thanos. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, people are like talking about time. that we have the best five in the world, dude. And I don't see anybody. I just, 
nobody can really challenge that, right? Like, like let's let's be real. Like, even like this this front five, I think is. I'm not gonna say easily better than Liverpool's like front five, but I mean, Firmino did not have the year he did a couple years ago. And he was like, hey, that dude was just making it look super I mean, easy. Well, we, I'm gonna I'm like, gonna wait until we play teams that are not in the bottom yeah, half of the table. I, I also <laughs> but we don't have like, issues against those guys, Colin. It's these guys we have issues against. We can't I, I beat the small teams. I won't say I mean, Firmino can, too but... much though, because he's like his his non goal scoring parts of his game are so good. Who's that? that? I, I agree. I agree. Roberto Firmino. Yeah. Yeah, I, he's such a good. Yeah. Well, that's who they modeled Anthony Martial's. Uh, yeah. Like roll after. Which, by the way, Colin, would you like to address um, your player rating on on Anthony Martial from yesterday? Yeah, what did I give him? Was it a seven? Yeah. I think it was a seven. Yeah. So most of the time when I read the comments and people give me shit about my player ratings, I don't really care that much. How could you possibly hate Diogo Dolo, even though our manager has made it so painfully <laughs> clear that he doesn't rate Diogo Delo. Well, I mean, exactly. I don't think it's that. It's just that Aaron wan is the best right back in Europe right now. That doesn't so, like, like, undoubtedly. Doesn't mean Diogo well, Delo is good, though. Know. Like, it's not like Diogo yeah. Delo is good and that Aaron wan is better. It's Aaron wan is the best, but Diogo Delo is also not good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so my Anthony Martial rating was given particular scrutiny, and upon rewatch of the game, I would like to issue an apology to Anthony Martial for not giving him an 8 or a 9 instead of a 7. Maybe a 9 would be too much, but uh, his contributions uh, to the game were much more than I gave him credit for. He had a couple shots on target. He probably should have scored one of them and could have done better with the other. But otherwise, he had some pretty good movement, and he created a lot of space in the box. So uh, no, my apologies to Anthony Marcin. That's not like I thought he had a I thought he had a decent game um, and everything. And when I rewatched it, here's what you're missing, and here's where he was good. He was unbelievably defensively, and he tracked back way deeper than you would expect and won the ball back or freed up the ball that Pogba jumped in, got the ball and whipped it out to Greenwood that started a break that led to something, but maybe not like maybe a good chance, but I don't think anything. And then Martial did the same thing, dropped back, came up from behind the defender, got into a tussle with him, won the ball off of him to start the break that, uh, led to Greenwood's goal. And like, so Martial ended up on the floor. Greenwood gets the ball and he goes all the way down the field on the break, pulls up, and then he lays it off to guess who? Anthony Martial. So like Martial had gotten up and gotten up the field again to get this ball. Then he gives it back to Greenwood. So he gets a little cheapy assist. Um, but I thought it, his defensive work was fantastic. And that was like, I was like, that needs to be recognized. Yeah, it's, um, it's weird. It's like, say, it's like when you don't play him like as a, a wingback, he's unfair. fine. <laughs> I wonder if that seven's unfair, but like when I watched that game back and I'm like, wow, like this was one of his better defensive games that he's ever had. Like he was kind of a beast in like in the fact that he wasn't invisible in the attacking end and he also wasn't invisible. Like he got back, won the ball, and that started breaks going the other way. Yeah. Glad and- we can address this for Marcy LFC. Yeah, and then, you know, and then the media trying to, like, make it a big deal, like, that he's upset about getting taken off. And it was like, yeah, like, he should I be. I love that. Please, love show, that. Re- please re- show respect to Tabloid Tony. I don't love how they're trying to make a big deal about it. Like, 
he's been taken off in every game as he should be because he's been in the form of his life and the minutes add up and you have a lot of games and he's not going to get dropped. So there's no reason to have him play 90 minutes if you don't need him to play 90 minutes. And as a player, he should be mad. Like that's exactly what Solskjaer said. Like yeah. I'd be upset if he I wasn't agree. mad. That he was coming yeah. off. Like, yeah. 100%. Um, so real, that. real quick before uh, we end part one with the ad break, um, I'll go through all three of you. Does the same the same starting eleven uh, take the field against Southampton on Monday? Hundred percent for me. Yeah. The only only time I think we need to adjust the team is like when we play like Lask. Yeah, <laughs> that's at the end of the end that's, of the season, that's right? Be a full rotation. Like, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, but I mean, even in even in the draw, like I I could see. Uh, I don't want to trick Polly, but like a McTominay starting, Fred starting, something like that. You know, uh, just really switch the team up. Um, yep. And I, I've I've heard I've heard ideas of people like uh, towards the end of the season, like uh, like giving a lot of our big starters like a break, like the Rashfords, Martials, all these guys. Um, which I mean, it's gonna be really interesting to see how how it plays out. Um, as far as like how Ole is going to sub everybody, I really think that he's been treating, I really think that like Ole needs a lot more credit than people originally gave for him. And I understand as Manchester United fans, like, like I say this all the time, we're very spoiled, but like, and we've been very impatient with the last couple managers and I've, I've been staying true to like, dude, you just got to give the guy time, give him some signings. And this is, you know, I mean, our squad still needs depth. And, and yeah, you know, we could we could go on all day about depth, but uh, I, overplaying people like for the end of the season, I don't see really Mason Greenwood not starting once, especially since he didn't play every single game before quarantine. So I think like using him to our advantage would be really great. And it, it it's fantastic that he came out and has been doing this well because now we can rely on him and give some of our guys a break. Like we can rest Tony and play him up top, right? We can we can rest whoever we want really in the front three and like play him in any of those positions. So, I mean, like we, we got really lucky. <laughs> like, I mean, it's all of this Mason Greenwood stuff has been by design. Like, um, it, so. so, so back to the Southampton question, I could see us maybe doing some kind of squad refresh just because we have played this team now so many consecutive games. We're going to play Southampton at home. And then on Thursday, we have to go down to London for Crystal Palace. So I could see mm-hmm. maybe some kind of squad refresh while they're still in Manchester. So that way they can take the full squad back down to London. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, right after that Thursday game on the 16th, you're right back at Old Trafford on the, or excuse me, Wembley for Wembley. the 19th yeah. against Chelsea. So I think so, he's got to pick a spot somewhere to get a squad refresh, whether it be Southampton or Crystal Palace, because you've you got to take full squad against Chelsea. Because I, I think this is one of those, you know, it's like, a, you know, one of those uh, satellite wars in the Cold War where, like this is this doesn't necessarily determine anything about the Premier League, but I think United and Chelsea both want to show the other team like who deserves to be in the top four. So the, I could I could see yep. it being a slugfest. The only change I could see possibly happening is Fred for Matic, and I'm only saying that because Matic looked like he was kind of limping off when he was subbed off. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's going to be the same team. You play the same team. We're, we haven't had an overloaded schedule. Like, we've made it out to be like, oh, it's this project restart. The games are all coming thick and fast. You know, 
we had five days between games. We had four days between that. That's the same thing as when we play in the Europa League or playing yeah, that's Premier true. League, Champions League, Premier League, or when you have a League Cup fixture. It's it's the same distance, and we've had the benefit of that, like where we didn't we played Saturday uh, in the in the right at 3 p.m. 10 a.m. for us folks kickoff, and then we didn't play again until Thursday, and then like in the normal season this year, we would have played our best team there. And then if it was a must win game in the Europa league, we would have played our best team in the Europa league too. And then we'd be right back at it Sunday, except this week we're not playing till Monday. And I, I can't see you rotating anybody against Southampton because when it comes to informed teams, they're like sixth place in the table Yeah, I agree um, with that. over the second half of the season there. This is the toughest game that we have left and you need your, you need your best team out there. Um, like it's since they lost, uh, no, it's away. Since since Southampton have lost like nine nil to Leicester, which was back in October, they're like the sixth best team in the league, and Jenny we is. need our we need our full arsenal of players there. It's also arsenal triggered. I know. It's also <laughs> only Paul Pop Paul Pop was the only player that does a lot of running that has played ninety minutes two consecutive games in a row. Yeah, um, it, in the yeah. last few games, in the last few games, he's played. He t- he took Shaw out. Um, then yesterday he took Juan Basaka out. Um, he took you know Greenwood played 90 minutes. So yesterday he took Greenwood out, and Martial came off, and Rashford played 90 minutes. But the game before Rashford came off. So again, we're playing these games at like 80 percent intensity, and on top of that, nobody's playing the like nobody's playing 90 minutes twice a week. Which if we were in the Champions League, a lot of these guys would be. Pogba would yeah. be, Bruno would be, Rashford would be. Um, they had a full off-season length break. So, like, it's still, you know, you've, you've got, like, September levels of energy. So the plan just has to be, um, the plan has to be we got to play our best team and go out there and hope and get out to a lead. And the earlier you get out to a three-goal lead, the sooner players can come off and you could save their legs for those minutes. Um, it, you know, it's not like, it's not like the weather's bad and, and it makes it harder on players. Like it's the summertime. They're, they're pretty refreshed. I could see us making a change or two it against Crystal Palace, but that's dicey because, you know, I, I, I genuinely think Ollie's been like, look, I gave you Tottenham and I gave you Norwich. And basically the, the team has proven that we're in a we need to win every game situation and these are the players that are going to get it done. I've given other players a chance and they haven't proven that. The only player I think that doesn't start that has proven he should start has been Fred and Nemanja Matic is just in such great form that it's like I can't drop him. Which yep. which like Crystal which is Palace, crazy. <laughs> right. It's just crazy and I love it but it's crazy. I think that we'll see earlier subs. Like I, I'm okay with starting the eleven. I don't think that start like starting the eleven is necessarily like a bad thing. Uh, if we well, you have out, to start eleven. We, so what the our like you know what I mean the eleven like I, our starting eleven. Like I don't have a problem with that as long as we can come out. I think like what all I really wants is us to come out stronger so that way we can get up a couple goals and then he can make subs earlier. Because if that's the case, that make that also makes like us starting. Like our best eleven, there. I'm doing best before you call it. Our yeah. best eleven to play because if, if we could just sub these guys out and not and they don't play, like 
I mean, and he hasn't been, but if you could sub him off at like the half, you know, like that, that would also be ideal. It's just how we're going to And when you think about it, like, yeah, we, we've started an unchanged 11 four games in a row for the first time in probably a bajillion years. But how many times have we played? <laughs> how many times have we played four Premier League games in like 16 days? Like that yeah. never, you know, we always change the squad because it's like on Saturday we play against uh, Tottenham and then on Tuesday we're playing against uh, like, you know, Frankfurt and, you know, it's a different game and it, 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 okay, the German style is different. So let me swap out this player for this player. And, and, you know, you make two or three changes because it's the group stages. And, you know, as long as we go to Germany and get a result, that's, that's all we need. You know, we don't need the full three points in it. We're in a situation where every single game we need three points and Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like, Oh, and and now we have a league cup fixture where we could rotate the squad again. Every game we need three points and every game is a Premier League game. So we just got to keep going with the best 11. And as long as you keep getting them off, you know, as long as I don't have to play 90 minutes every game, the the fact that we get to make five subs really helps. If we were only making three subs, then I'd say maybe we got to rotate a bit more, but you know, the Crystal Palace game scares me because you do look at it and be like, well, we have Chelsea coming up and we want to beat Chelsea. And this will be, I think, the hardest Chelsea game we've played because I mainly because of overconfidence. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, who are you bringing in against Crystal Palace? They're going to sit back and park the bus like crazy. And, you know, McTominay doesn't do well in a game like that. Daniel James doesn't do well in a game like that. Maybe you bring in Odie and Igalo, um and, and give Martial a break. But Nobody on our bench really strikes, you know, all the guys on our bench have played games where against teams that have sat back and they have made no impact. Um, you know, so like you need Mason Greenwood in the team for that. You need Paul Pogba. You need Bruno Fernandes. Maybe you don't need Marcus Rashford because he also tends to disappear in those kind of games. But the idea of changing it around for Crystal Palace, that scares me. The idea of changing it around for Southampton, that really scares me because that's probably our most difficult game. The, the game that I could... You know, Matt said Lask, but the game that I could see us rotating for is Leicester because there's a chance that by the time that we play Leicester, like we'll already be guaranteed to be in the Champions League. Yep. I agree and if that's the case, but I, I, man, it's just these tiny teams. Like, I think we won't have any issue against Leicester. I'm more worried about the Southampton and the Crystal Palace game than I am Leicester. And I don't know if that's you guys, but like, like the top six, we can at least get results on. Like, we just beat the 18th and 19th best teams in consecutive games. Well, yeah, but that's, let's that's, just hope that uh, <laughs> let's just hope Patrick Van Anholt doesn't squeeze one into the near post. Right, <laughs> that's pretty bad, and we we thoroughly dominated them in the first time around. It, it's just that was a game where so many bounces didn't go our way. That's another yeah. one of those games um, where maybe maybe we review it after the season's over, along with the. Uh, <laughs> the Sheffield game and the Burnley game. It's like normal history on the game. No, we, I mean, I think it would be very cathartic because that was like, that was definitely the lowest point of the season where you're like, yeah, but if we reviewed the Burnley game, we'd just sit there in the first half and I'd be like, look at that. That's a mischance. That's a mischance. That's a mischance. <laughs> That's a mischance. I'd be like, this game wasn't as bad. It was only when we went 2-0 down that, like, but like by the time Burnley scored their first goal, we should have been 3 or 4-0 up. And it was like, when we went 2-0 down, our heads dropped. But, like, t- for everybody to be like, we got thoroughly beaten. It was like, no, we just mi- – we we actually dominated that game for 40 minutes. Should have been 3 or 4-0 up and just weren't. And then we just stopped. Look at poor right, Colin. Guys. He's so desperate to go to break. <laughs> he need to take a break, yeah. <laughs> 
We're going to take another ad break. Uh, we're going to refill our drinks, and then we'll come back for a fan question in part two and also possibly a Fergie time question. So stay tuned. And welcome back to part two of this episode of the Busby Babe podcast. We're going to answer a fan question that uh, Polly has picked out for us. But first, yes. me on really now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, emails, voicemails, Twitters, uh, voice notes. They all work. They all get through this week's question. It comes from Twitter. It comes from Gary Sheehan uh, at 77G Sheehan. Um, so we're talking transfers again, which, you know, Rude San, R- Rude San Jose or whatever the name was for Jaden Sancho. But we're not talking about Jaden Sancho. <laughs> do you guys think Can we? <laughs> uh, do you think they are looking at the defensive midfield position for eventual replacement? So do you think they're looking for a in terms of in the market are they looking for a long term or when it comes to replacing the monumentage are they looking to do that externally um so we've had this theory that somebody's been like tapping our slack channel inside the SB nation and that's how they get all their content ideas um i think mr sheehan is in our slack channel uh after that conversation we had yesterday i think where we're please elaborate nathan yeah the, the whole idea of, you know, who's going to be the heir apparent to Matic. I mean, he just signed a new deal. Granted, I think he's going to be 34 when that deal's expiring. So it's like, I mean, it, everybody knows Matic's days are numbered. He's playing well. You know, we've got him on a pitch count, and I think it, it he's going to continue to perform for us. Um, but clearly we need to start thinking in the long term for that position. Um, sorry, the voice cracked there. Uh, and I think the consensus was that Scott McTominay probably is not the guy to be the heir apparent. It would be nice if he developed into that, but I mean, right now the signs don't suggest that he is going to be that, you know, brute force, but also just a classy midfielder at the same time, like that unique package that Nemanja Matic is where he's as physical as he is just good on the ball. Um, so I, I, think right now Ali's certainly shown that he's doing his due diligence and he is research. I don't think anybody is 1 million percent safe on the, on the roster. That's been kind of his MO. So I'm sure he's definitely looking at in the market who that person's going to be. I think that's, you know, the question that we have to expand on, whether it be, you know, Dennis Zakaria, Thomas party, uh, you know, I still Angelo like Conte. <laughs> yeah. I still like Indeedy. Um, I don't think that we'll, we could get him now because Lester actually had a decent year, and, re- and he's been one of yeah. their better players. But well, when I, not, I'd, well, I had wanted him. It was while. a decent year for a little while. I yeah, mean, I guess it still could be. True. I don't want to jinx yeah, guess when it. Four. Guess when it went to shit though. It went to shit when Ndidi got hurt. Yeah, that's true. Ex- 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 yep. Mm-hmm. But that's yep. what I'm saying. Like, if he's more of or one of their more important players, I think it'd be difficult to to do that. And it's yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that's. I think that's lower on the list of stuff we need. Like I'm right now, I'm Jaden Sancho or bust, and then after that, uh, a, like a quick center back because I was talking to Colin about this. Like I don't think Eric Bailly's really turned into the player we really like wanted. Then again, he was he was he got by Mourinho, right? Like he was signed by him. So I mean, I don't know. I think that I think that center back. I think if we're looking at like our starting 11 and we just point out the positions where our team isn't strong enough to be Premier League winners, which is what 
was I care about more than anything else. Like Champions League is cool, but if we don't have domestic success, like I, don't get right, we win a Champions League <laughs> and we still get like second in the league, you know, like it, like like I'm not gonna cry, but I still want I, I, Premier League number one on my list. And if you told me if the squad's ready for a Premier League, go at it. I'd really just think that like another center back. And this this is also we don't know if Twin Zebi's gonna come back the player that he was because he really he just he seems like he has really good command of that back four when he plays like he's just very comfortable I just uh it's just it's all soon too soon to tell you know like we don't know if he's gonna come back I just uh, and I think Harry Maguire's good I also think that Lindelof is good but you know there's speed is what was what we need to complete that back four yeah I've I think that I'm kind of agreeing with Matt. I'm not sure that defensive midfield is our biggest priority. That's maybe one position where we have depth at. I mean, whether you consider Scott McTominay or Fred to be adequate defensive midfielders is another issue. But I think the way that Solskjaer has kind of looked at this team is what sort of areas does he need to be replacing talent at or where yeah. players either going to be moving out or where does he need to find upgrades at? And I'm not sure that defensive midfield is one of those yet. Um, but I do think that him looking at Jude Bellingham is an indicator that that is on his radar. Um, I think. Apparently he's looking at Ake, and I'm not a huge. Oh, I forgot about central attacking midfielder. Like, if, if Bruno goes out, I think we would, yeah. we would kind I mean, of struggle. Like, I, I mean, I, I, higher on my list would probably be, I mean, center back is one of them, like Matt said, or you know, right winger, right forward, maybe, but Mason Greenwood's kind of, you know, solved that solution for the time being. And also I think left back, which is maybe an unpopular opinion on this panel, but. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't agree with you at all, respectfully. I just, I, I really think that like, really, I think we're four players away. I think that we we're hitting the nose on the head as far as like where we need the players. It's really just like, are they going to like, double down and they actually going to do it you know like if we get because it from all the reports and i know i mean none of them are you know super finalized reports we don't know if this is true but apparently all we need to do is pay dortmund the money and get sancho because apparently he has no issue of course he's going to want to well, play with bruno marcial rashford all of these guys we so, just hear the conversation so, but, so what, the Matt's, what matt's saying is <laughs> I, i'm like, bringing what, it back i'm bringing it back you had to give me a chance but i mean what, like what what matt what you're saying is that you're basically like we're four players away from winning it next year but it's not just about next year it's no, about just, the year no, after just that. in general because i don't think we sign four players that are actually like the players we want because if we all right Best case scenario, let's say we get Sancho. What other player are we going to get that's going to fill out the squad? Like, if we're going to get big players like that, like, it's going to take at least two transfer windows, especially for this board. And this is best case scenario for this board to actually sign those guys. So let's say we get Sancho. Are we going to get a top tier center back, central attacking midfielder, left back or central defensive midfielder? Probably not. not For top tier center backs or top tier left backs. Because that's also part of it is you have Twanzebe, you have uh, Tate and Menji, and those are all in the plan. So 
I think Ollie's comfortable with going with. But that's also counting on the fact that they're actually going to be good. Like them coming up to the first team, like Angel Gomez, like we loved him, right? And he got some play, but obviously he wasn't in the plans for Ollie. So like, this is really banking on the fact that these guys are going to be successful. But I mean, like, like, yeah, but we didn't know, like you didn't know that Mason Greenwood was going to be successful last year when they were like, we're just not going to sign somebody because we want Uh, to. I mean, he kind of did. He was kind of like really killing the U18s and like we had to bring him up. Like he was too successful. Gomez was killing the U18s too. And and everybody wanted Gomez to get a chance. And Greenwood, like he had that one good game against Cardiff. He had a couple of other appearances where he didn't do anything, but we all wanted him to be good. And we were like, we want him to get a chance. And we were also like, this is good because we don't, we're not signing people. So not just Greenwood are going to get a chance, but Tahith Chong and Angel Gomez are going to get chances too. And then it was like, well, why aren't they getting chances? Well, it turns out they suck. But um, <laughs> like Twan Zebi is in the plans and Ted and Menji's in the plans. And he's very comfortable with Lindelof and Maguire. He's got a top two, three defense in the league right now with Lindelof and Maguire. And for as susceptible to speed that they are, like the team still doesn't concede goals. They still recover from against pacey forwards pretty well. If yeah, you're going now to, after quarantine, it's, though, it's, this is after quarantine in a very weird era of football, like restarting the whole season. Do we like do you really believe in Lindelof? Like, I like Victor a lot. I like Harry Maguire a lot. But over the course of a season, like Twen Zebby's hurt now. Let's say he comes back and tweaks something like we're screwed. You really believe in Eric Bailly to not no, handball another ball, that, not head it out? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't or a center back. They're not looking for a center back to replace Lindelof or or McGuire. They're looking okay. I don't I don't disagree with you that I don't think they're looking for a center back to replace Phil Jones so that you know if Twan Zebi tweaks something and Lindelof tweaks something and you need someone to step in you're not asking Phil Jones to step in you're asking somebody competent to do that which is a much cheaper they're not looking for a high end center back they're not looking for a high end left back but in this question of you know, all right, so like, let's say they sign Sancho. I still think they need another attacking player, you know, because they need depth and rotation. But oh yeah, I think also, we need a central attacking yeah. midfielder. I actually take it back, saying a center back <laughs> second, like Grealish. Well, Grealish. You need to look at defensive midfield because it's signing players isn't just for next year. It's for a year after that. Like Spurs two years ago didn't sign anybody, and everybody made a big deal about it. And then they're like, and they went to the Champions League final. It didn't hurt them last year it hurt them this year because this year they had nobody to turn to when it was like well we need to we need to get christian erickson out of the team and we need to phase this guy out of the team and they didn't have anybody to call on other than new players so it's not so much about do we need a a defensive midfielder for next year because we have mottage who like nathan said he's on a pitch count and he can contribute and this the new contract is good because he wasn't going anywhere anyway he had an option i agree with that i don't think he was an option for him. So they could have been like, no, we're not releasing you. We're, we're extending, we're activating that option and you're going to stay. And then you're dealing with a unhappy Montage. So by renegotiating the contract, now both sides are happy. It's also much easier to take a player who is currently under contract and be like, you are now a squad player, which by the way, they very much, when they renegotiated this contract said, this is the role that we foresee in you next year, the year after the year after so he knows what he's getting into, and it's much easier to take somebody like that and make him a squad player than it is to sign someone and be like, okay, but you're going to be a squad player, unless that's fair. 
That's Unless what you're doing is you take somebody like, let's say a Dennis Zakaria, who's what, 22, 23 from Germany. And you say, all right, you're coming in here and we're going to give you your opportunities, but you're not going to be the guy. Like, we're not putting the pressure on you to be the guy right now. Instead, you're going to get your opportunities to settle into England, to settle into the Premier League. And hopefully you catch on quick. And by the end of the year, you're ushering uh, Nemanja Matic out the door. But mainly so that next year, you, we can say you're a number one guy. Because mm-hmm. beyond Matic, there's Fred and... Everyone and their mother, every fan and every journalist says there's also McTominay who will be the defensive midfielder. It's just that whenever McTominay has played this year, Solskjaer has never played him as the deepest midfielder. So Solskjaer doesn't seem to see him as a defensive midfielder. I know he made comments about it last week, but he makes comments about his players all the time. He will never slag off a player. He will only talk them up. His actions always, almost always, his actions don't go along with what he says and you have to look at his actions and oh yeah well that's just managing you have to do that <laughs> yeah and action wise he doesn't seem to play McTominay in that defensive midfield role that's so fair. does he see him as this long-term successor so you have Fred and then that's that's basically it but he's also so, playing as a sub so we don't we don't we don't I, I I don't disagree with what you're saying all I'm saying is I guess like we don't know like like let's say let's say Matic gets a knock, we might have to play McTominay there. You know, right. like like we might have to not have a choice but, at all. I don't even think they would. I think they'd play Pogba there, and McTominay would be more your number eight, Ugh, which is what is at the beginning of the season. There. Which is what. I mean, I trust Pogba tackling more than I trust McTominay tackling. <laughs> no, okay, I agree with that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, Pogba defensively is the the idea that he just bombs forward and isn't positionally disciplined is a far fetched narrative. Like, go watch the tapes. He's very positionally disciplined, and the whole first before Pogba got hurt, he was the deepest midfielder, and McTominay was the one that was allowed to run all over the field, and that's why we kind of stunk and couldn't score because McTominay was the guy getting forward more than Pogba was. But, so, so like, like when you go back to what the question was of, do you think they're considering like, yes, I would, I would love for Wilford and Dita to come here, but that's not going to happen because Leicester are not going to sell him. They yeah, don't, no, they're definitely not. No, they're, no, they're definitely they, not. It would cost the King's ransom, but are they King looking power at ransom. position? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> The priority has to be Jaden Sancho and then maybe another attacker. But, like, if you're going to get a young defensive midfielder who you could just bring in this year on the cheaper side and groom him for that so that in a year or two years, then he is your guy, that's a great signing. And that's 100% what they are looking at is that play. I I think that's the best case scenario. That play available this year, maybe not. And then they don't go with it. But they're definitely looking for it. Yeah, well, especially, yeah. And that's, and that, it, that's it the be, case because we want Sancho so damn bad. Like, guys, that, like, yeah. I, okay. Tyler Adams. Hell yes. Best men's national team youngster. Put him at right back, baby. Dude, that would be dope. I would <laughs> love that. Um, <laughs> Hear me out. Declan Rice. Yeah. Million? It is. It's really funny. Like, especially. If, after do you Chelsea. think West Ham, like if they go down, there's, I mean, they're definitely selling Declan Rice, but do you think. Right, that, like, the price that they're paying for Declan that they're charging for Declan Rice. The, it, after that Chelsea game, it was so funny watching, reading comments from fans to be like, oh, 
Declan Rice, so overrated. And then they went and described, like, here's what he did against so Chelsea. so young. Like, it's so weird to but, say he's overrated. It's so weird. It's, we're just, like, that, and being like, that Chelsea game was the type of game that really allowed Rice to shine. But, like, in games where they would have more of the ball, like, he would really struggle for the following reasons. And they just listed a description of Scott McTominay. And they're like, oh, McTominay's so... <laughs> And it's like, you literally said, here's why I don't want Declan Rice, and listed every attribute of Scott McTominay. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll add two things, too, because we mentioned Tottenham earlier. Jose, I know you're you're beefing, so if you want to cut your losses and send Indombele our way on the cheap, like, you know, we could foster him if you'd like. And then... Um, Is he only like a thousand years old? I'll, I'll do a straight swap. Yeah, and I, I also don't want to trigger well, Polly too much, but... In FIFA 19, I bought <laughs> I bought Dennis Zakaria and God, you hang out with Colin too much. <laughs> McTominay McTominay still started over Zakaria because he developed better. Okay, well, you know what? You know what happened? What happened in FIFA 20? Because sometimes when you get presented, hey man, I, I've, played, I've got McTominay up to an 85 yet. in uh, my FIFA 20 career. Man. What's FIFA 21 going to be like? Because sometimes when you get presented with new information you're allowed to change your mind well yeah. fifa 21 i'm gonna have Jaden sancho on the right wing so that's gonna be sick i can't well, wait do you guys remember fifa 11 when jack wilshire's potential was up to like a 97 <laughs> not 97 oh, like do you know how cheap you could sign eden hazard uh in fifa 11? <laughs> fifa 11 i signed eden hazard to my everton america team that oh, was like, Clint Dempsey and Stu Holden and Mikel Arteta and <laughs> Wow, my brain hurts. And we just pulled through everyone. <laughs> shout out to FIFA 19 who had to come out with an update halfway through the game last year just to put Mason Greenwood on the squad. <laughs> I restarted my career after they put Greenwood in the game, so that way I could develop him into a striker. Yeah, and shout out to FIFA 20 that still has a generic uh, custom face for Bruno Fernandez that looks nothing like Bruno Fernandez. Ollie's not even in the game. I haven't, I haven't been in the game since FIFA 15. Ollie's my manager, and they always show like my opponent's manager on the sideline uh, when the ball goes out of play. Never shows my manager because I don't think Ollie's uh, given him. Because Ollie's the only Premier League manager that doesn't look like a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> probably looks- why it's probably why he's the only Premier League manager to win four games in a row by three goals <laughs> well i'm gonna start this by saying by apologizing to the fans that we're off on this rant but i also want to mention that i did a custom avatar for ollie gunner solskjaer for career mode and it i'm kind of proud of it it looks a little bit like ollie gunner solskjaer i'll be sure to put it in the slack uh a this little is, bit later just really tell him to put in an andy circus avatar and we'll be fine i've got <laughs> Better than like most it. of the late episode tangents that we go on. Like a- yeah, Andy, Andy Circus um, from like Civil War, or are we talking like Andy Circus from The Prestige? I'm just talking about like him as a dude. <laughs> like, like just like Andy Circus. Like, can, can you imagine if Ollie just came out dressed like Kill? Uh, was it Killmonger? What was yeah. his? Uh, no, no, it, it, was, it was something uh, else. God. What Kill- What was his character? No. Polly Avengers was. What, who? And I don't know who Andy Big Black Panther. Oh, Michael B. Jordan? No, Andy Serkis's character. Who's Andy Serkis? Oh, my God. Claw. <laughs> Claw. You, Ulysses Claw. Yep, Claw. Yeah. yeah. He's that That's such a dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, real quick. It like Claw. Okay. Uh, so, Matt, the host, is trying to talk. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Paul. Anyways. <laughs> really quick, uh, before I cut this episode off. <laughs> 
Um, last question, and I do mean quick. So like, just like one sentence lightning round. One to two minutes talking on the, or maybe keep it under a minute or thirty seconds. Let's say thirty seconds. Uh, FA Cup time us against. I want to bring out the timer. FA Cup against Chelsea. If we are in the top four by that game, do you start this first choice eleven? Start with Nathan. Go. Kick the shit out of Chelsea. Perfect. Love it. Can we do that with a rotated squad? What are you saying? You can't do an answer, Colin. This is where you go. All right. Next person. All right. (laughs) I want shock jaw, baby. I want to beat little Frankie Lampard's ass, okay, in Wembley. I want to prove to him that at the beginning, because it's almost going to be a a full calendar year since we smoked him 4-0. I would like to remind him of that. So come on, Ollie. Go for it. Good answer, Polly. Also, I want a trophy. <laughs> yes. All right, Matt. I don't think there's any reason not to. Like, if we're if we're in the top four at that point in time, if we're, I mean, I mean, we I really just I, have to win the rest of our games to yeah. to get it. So, I mean, at that point in time, if we if we if we're in the top four and we've we've won enough games to do that, I don't think there's any reason why we we shouldn't just go at it. I, I agree with Nathan. Well, like, I want a trophy. I think we could get two trophies this season, and for the, I would think that would be huge for team morale, for Ole, for everybody to bring in that swagger into the next season and just kick the shit out of the league next year. Well, Remember, I it's not, any reason. not about beating Frankie Lampard four times. It's about getting the opportunity to beat Pep four times. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that's I, that's that's that, that's true. And everything Ali said is suggested. Like he's not going to take the foot off the gas if he doesn't have to because he wants to win trophies. I mean, he's I, and that comes from like it, being it, a ruthless it, striker. And it like, comes from where he where like you know the teams that he played on, but also where he was in the squad. Like for Ali, it was like yeah, the FA Cup is my time to shine and. You know, like, cause he didn't get to start in all the Premier League games, but like, he got starting a lot of the big FA Cup games, and and you know, and the Champions, you know, all those other competitions were really important to him because that was his time to shine, too. So it, it all comes back to that, and you know, and also because his manager, like, people, you know, talk to anybody and they say like, okay, yeah, the League Cup was fourth on the list of Sir Alex Ferguson's priorities, but you know, if we won on Sunday. And we were playing in the League Cup on Wednesday. He goes, when you came in Monday morning, the League Cup was the most important thing that at Manchester United. So, yeah, and this is something that Solskjaer experienced late in his career because he wasn't he wasn't there for the early '90s squads that first started winning the Premier League again for Manchester United. But he was there when they had that mid 2000s rebuild and they started building the team around you know Rooney and Ronaldo and the first trophy that they won. At when they were the core of that team was the League Cup in 2006. And both Rooney and Ronaldo so, so, have right. talked about how important that was to them. Yeah, and a uh, potential tangent alert, um, but we're going to fill out the bingo card again. Really curious <laughs> to see dinner. Really curious <laughs> to see Aaron Wambasaka against Christian Pulisic. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, call yeah. me out for mentioning Wayne Rooney. No, I, I love Wayne Rooney. We, no, we'll talk about Aaron Wambasaka versus Wayne versus uh versus Wayne Rooney versus <laughs> Christian Pulisic. We'll talk about that next week. Yo, yes. right now though, he's like, got to cook dinner. When we play when we play Derby in the FA Cup next year, it, Wayne Rooney better not be on that side because Aaron Wambasaka is gonna duff him. <laughs> All right, so that does it for us here at the Busby. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
I would like to thank my panel <laughs> uh, guest hosts, uh, Nathan, Polly, and Matt. Thank all of you. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, thanks, Keep guys. bleeding for the shirt. If you bleed for the shirt, people will forgive your lack of skill. I'll be to Zan. <laughs> <laughs>